stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, you're going to want to hear this next conversation, folks, because this is powerful. Imagine reaching the pinnacle of your career, uh, achieving what uh, others only dream of achieving, and then saying you'd be willing to give it all back if you could make the pain go away. Imagine picking up the newspaper on a sadly all too regular basis and reading about the suffering and the deaths of those that you were friends with and were colleagues with and wondering if you might be next. That's where Nick Boynton is. And I'm sure you know that name, played 11 years in the NHL, a Stanley Cup champion with the Boston Bruins. Uh, And he has written a a very moving and powerful piece for the Players' Tribune, theplayerstribune.com. The headline, Everything's Not Okay. So since I retired from hockey in 2011, I've faced a bunch of different personal demons. So like Steve Mondador, like Wade Bielak, like Derek Bugard and others, Nick Boynton has struggled with the impact of concussions, the impact of brain injury, the impact of, of substance abuse and mental health issues. And has made it his, his effort now, his cause, his crusade, to push for change and to bring attention to these issues. So I would urge you to read this piece again at theplayerstribune.com. But very pleased to welcome to the program to talk more about all of this is the aforementioned Nick Boynton. Nick, so great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, and, and like I say, I mean, this is very personal to you. It's a very powerful uh, telling of, of your own story, your own experiences. But why, why did you feel it was important then to, to share this with the world? Uh, you know, I think it's just it's so important. And especially, you know, up in Canada and, and stuff, we're just we're born with it. I grew up on a farm in Ontario and it's just I, I don't remember when I started watching hockey was just always, you know, a, a part of a part of my life and always something I wanted to do. And I think it just, the, the thought process starts at such a young age and it's, it's so competitive and, and stuff for kids growing up. I think it gets lost. Um, and you know, by, by the time you get to, you know, the NHL, it's a little too late. They start paying you. You can, you know, make all the excuses you want for what you do, you, you do on the ice when they're paying you, but you know, just the, the way it's coached, the way the game is played um, all the way growing up, it, it really leads to a bad, a, a bad place and, and leads a lot of guys to fail. I think afterwards. Well, and I think we've heard and we've talked more about that, right? There's, there seems to be more awareness around all of this, but whether anything has actually changed is I suppose another question. What, what's your sense of whether there, there's been any actual progress? Well, I, I think even at the at the youth level, there's definitely being progress made. Um, I, I just at the pro level, the NHL and the players' union, you know, you can't deny the connection between head trauma and, and CTE and, and some of the problems that people are having. We, you know, I live down in the states, and, and you see our troops coming back. 
um, you know, with the same problems, with the same head trauma from IED explosions and stuff. And their stories are very similar stories to the guys, retired guys that have played. I mean, we've got to focus on, on helping the brain. And before that can happen, the NHL and the players union itself has to admit there's a problem and, and work to fix it. You know, I love the game of hockey and I'm so lucky to do what I did, but this is just, it isn't worth it. We need to, you know, make the game better by making it safer and finding new treatments. And I had the uh, opportunity recently to speak with Ken Dryden, and of course he, he wrote a new book uh, about these issues, and, and it tells the story uh, in large part of, of Steve Montador and what happened yes. to him and, and his passing. I mean, you mentioned Steve Montador in your piece. You knew him, other guys too, like uh, Rick Rippon and Derek Bugard mm-hmm. and Wade Bielak, yep. right? And I mean, it, it just how staggering it is. We're talking about former players, not just who suffered, but but who died, right? And I mean, why why hasn't this been a, a galvanizing sort sort of thing? Well, I, you know, Steve Monador was a friend of mine. Wade Belak was a teammate and, and roommate of mine, actually, and a very good friend. And I, you know, I, even when I was playing with these guys, I didn't know what they were really going through or I didn't play with Steve was with Wade. I, I, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, and I mean, I think part of the thing I say in my piece is, you know, every day you see people and they ask you how you're doing. And, and I just, you give them the standard, oh, I'm good. How are you? And it just was wearing on me. I'm not doing good. You know, if Wade wasn't doing good, he didn't speak about it. I've kept it inside. Those guys probably kept it inside their families and, parents and brothers and sisters knew about it but nobody else i just i needed to get it out because it it has been very difficult and you know as a kid i dreamt about winning the stanley cup i won the stanley cup and life has been very very difficult since and i don't want kids to have to deal with i'm dealing with i don't want ex-players to have to go through this like what dan carcillo has done is amazing and uh, he's helped me so much by getting me some different treatment and it's really opened my eyes and I just want to help, you know, move the game forward and, and move the discussion, you know, to more than a discussion to make some changes. Right. Well, I mean, you write in your piece, you say, I see a lot of myself in those guys. I often wonder if I might be next. And again, I mean, if you hadn't wrote this piece, we wouldn't know that. And there's probably a lot of other former players who haven't written this this kind of piece who are going through the same thing, you know, in, in, in silence and in anonymity. We, we don't know that they're going through it either. Well, and that's the, the, the scary thing and how difficult, you know, mental health issues are. I, like I said, I played with Wade. He was a friend and I had no idea. Um, you know, we're, we're groomed to be, you know, tough guys. We get paid a lot keep our mouth shut you get paid a lot you're not allowed to to speak but uh, just things are really wrong you know and and if those guys made it long enough i i know they'd speak out and i think people would really be surprised you know my story isn't isn't a one-off it's there's a lot of guys going through a lot of similar stuff yeah do you have any idea nick how many concussions you, you suffered in your career um, yeah, I, you know, there was eight on my, on my records, uh, after I, I played that they'd marked down, but kind of understanding what a concussion is now, you know, you get your bell rung and 
and things slow down a little bit, I mean, easily 25, 30. And I think that's being low. So Wow. Because you're right, in my last few seasons, I was out there basically just flat out killing myself for a paycheck. That, that it had started to take a toll on you. Yeah, absolutely. It just gets dark, and, and I didn't see any, you know, other way out. And, I, you know, I, I brought up my problems earlier in my career, and it didn't work out well for me. You know, what happened? I got, I got traded. So that really made it difficult for me to open up to anybody. And, and yeah, I, I don't remember playing the last couple of years of my career really with a a clean head or, or feeling good. And that there wasn't that help. There's not that support, or at least there wasn't. Well, there, there, there isn't. And then, you know, I, I was abusing drugs and alcohol. There's no doubt about it. I had a big problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going to rehab a few different times, it really helped me, but it didn't fix my problem. My head was still bothering me, you know, and I'm proud of myself for, for cleaning up and getting off those things. And, but it's also scary because, you know, being clean and sober for almost two years and, and the problems are still there, something else ha- has to be done. You know, the, the treatment offered by the league and by the union just isn't enough. So talk about how, how the substance abuse comes into play. Is it, is it a way of, of coping with the darkness? Is it a way of, you know, dealing with the, the physical pain? Um, uh, some of it's physical. Um, your brain's a pretty powerful thing. Uh, it got, you know, it, it can force you to do a lot of things. And I mean, as far as painkillers and go, yeah, you, you get them from the teams and stuff, but they didn't hand them out. You know, you get, you find very quickly that the stuff helps and keeps you out on the ice. And, and before you know it, you're buying, buying them on the street and you're, you're hooked on them, you know, and, it's just the drugs sort of, I guess, alleviate some of the symptoms, some of the mental pain, you know, the guilt, the the shame and stuff. But, you know, once I got all off that stuff and I, I got a clear mind, it, it's still there. There's still anxiety and, and problems with my head and, and stuff like that. So I really... Brain's a pretty complex thing. So, you know, I, a little bump to it. Who knows what a little bump does? And, and I know a lot of us have had a, some pretty heavy hits to the head and, and never really sought, sought treatment for those hits to the head. So I think it's going to be exciting. It's sad, but exciting what, you know, science can do. And hopefully we can, you know, turn this fight around a little bit. Yeah. You know, we just, uh, of course, watched uh, the, the Stanley Cup final and, and saw the joy on those those players' faces uh, on the Washington Capitals in, in celebrating that victory. And it was something you were a part of, so you've seen that side of it. But And this yeah. was just, you know, it was really stark to read this in your piece that you said, I'd hand in my ring right now. They could scratch my name off the cob if I wouldn't have had to experience all this pain and sorrow and anger, anger and sadness. And and I, th- I read that and I just thought, wow, right, That that's something. Yeah, it's, you know, it's something that just over time, I mean, I just, I, I was so focused on on one thing in my career, and that was trying to win a Stanley Cup, that everything fell by the wayside. And, you know, now I'm trying to pick up the pieces and, and prioritize what's important to me and, and to my family, and it's just, 
you know, if I could go back, things would be different. Yeah. So, well, and you talk about it's, it, it's so difficult because I, I do love the game, and the game's done so much for me, and, and it, I'm so torn. But I, I just truly believe they're not. The NHL is not doing enough, and the players' union is not doing enough to protect the players when you know all the evidence, all the papers, all the all the info you want is out there. So what needs to change? Where, where do we need to start? Well, culture for one. Um, you know, it's always about being you know big and tough, and tough is getting back out on the ice when you're you're not feeling the best. Tough is is the last eight years. You know, trying to to keep my life together and trying to stay, stay positive. That's that's tough. Let's be smart when it comes to injuries in hockey and and let guys talk about how they're feeling and in brain injuries i mean sometimes they don't show up for two or three days just take the patient approach and see what happens and i really think that can make a big difference because i think it was one thing i got a big hit to the head my bell was rung but i didn't do anything he just kept going out and i kept playing day to day and practicing and i really think that approach has has hurt me immensely so i think the approach of how we treat the injuries right off the bat has to change and it'll follow from there yeah you talk about some of the changes at, at the younger age levels and i mean i have a kid who plays hockey he loves the game i love the game but yep. but he's he's had yep. a concussion and, and it's scary and you kind of confront that that question yourself i mean you you have a son would would you want him to play right i i can just tell you and this is what i tell sort of my best friends and and the people that have sort of been through this with me (laughs) i bet they wouldn't recommend playing the game of hockey the way i played it or you know playing in the nhl if this is the way it's going to be treated because it's been miserable not just on me but my my family and my you know my mom and dad my brother and sister and and everybody i've got a very close family and this has been very difficult and it's just it's about life it's not about a game or not my son can play hockey but you know, when you get to that level where you're getting paid, it's people, it makes you do crazy things. And I just think that culture has to change. I think we need to listen to the guys with brain injuries, you know, support mental health issues and help these guys and help them, you know, open up about it because ultimately that's the only way, you know, we're going to get changes if enough guys open up about their problems. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you say, you have a mission now, a purpose, and this is such an important issue. Uh, again, theplayerstribune.com. Really encourage people to read this piece. Nick, uh, again, thanks so much for speaking out about this, and, and thanks so much for making some time for us here today. really appreciate this. No, absolutely. I really appreciate you having me on. There you go. That's uh, Nick Boynton, uh, former NHL, 11 years in the NHL, uh, talking about the impact that uh, concussions have had on him, his life, uh, his family. And, and trying to be a, a voice for change. Theplayerstribune.com. You can read his piece uh, from today. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.